Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Hey everyone, if you're sick of getting censored on other social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and some others, we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media's censorship. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos and videos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And they give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, inviting friends. You can earn these points and then unlock some pretty great rewards um, gift cards, swag, knives, big discounts on big brands like Garmin and Vortex, and plenty more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So head on over to timetogowild.com or check them out in our show notes. This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks if that's just me in the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Ow. What up, everybody? You're listening to the OKest Hunter podcast, in case you didn't know that this is where you ended up when you were clicking through your podcast stuff. Boom, there you are. Here we are, coming at you from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For those that don't know, we are a bunch of Wisconsin boys. We like our Miller here. Greg's yeah, we got do. The, the high life. That's right, living the high life. Greg's got a tattoo of the girl, of the, the girl on the moon on his ass. It's really well done. Yeah. It's Roy Orbison. <laughs> It's not, it's not a full moon without her showing herself. That's right. <laughs> I got to turn myself up. There we go. I can hear it now. Uh, anyway, we got some call-outs to do here. I'm trying to forget stuff, but Spartan Forge is our presenting premiere sponsor. They helped us build the studio. I think most folks seem to know that, but we got a bunch of new listeners coming in. I think we got TikTok reeling or rolling or rocking. Rocking, reeling, rolling. Yep. Uh, so if you're coming at us from TikTok, I'll just say that, you know, uh, we can't really engage with you. So if you want to engage, <laughs> you, can, call the number. you can call the number 262-757-4122 to call in, or you can jump on over to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube to watch live as we broadcast live and participate with the comments and all that good stuff. Um, by the way, Spartan Forge, if you want to save some money on the subscription, it's code OHP for 25% off. You can go to SpartanForge.ai instead of .com because it's artificial intelligence. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, Yes. We'll talk with Lee a little bit, too, see if he knows more about some of the updates that are coming their way. I will uh, tell you that there's – I've seen some things, guys. Exciting and you things. can't unsee yeah. what you've seen with how crystal clear the mapping has gotten. I, was, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. Dude, you like, can see you can't the, unsee <coughs> certain things at Deer Camp or something like that. Oh, we're not going to go there. You can see the freaking shingles on my roof. <laughs> It's, you can see it's Roy stupid. Orbison on Greg's right butt cheek when he's swimming. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's on my left? <laughs> Which cheek is it on, Greg? That's camera obscura. I flipped it. Yeah, it's, you know, you couldn't tell. Uh, 
I want to know. I want to know. Yeah, we're just, I don't mean, does Greg actually have a tattoo on his ass at the High Life Girl? We'll never know. We'll put that out to Instagram and see what people say. (laughs) (laughs) You have to do a big TikTok reveal. Huge TikTok reveal. How many hairs are on there? Oh, I'm going to have to go find oh, some, boy. some fake photo now. There was the line. You just yeah, you, it. We jumped right over it, baby. Your wife's going to be like, what the hell are you guys she doing knows. there? She knows. She kind of feels she sorry knows for the, the tattoo. You. She knows about the no, tattoo? No, she doesn't know about the tattoo. <laughs> it's Roy Orbison. Don't tell her. Don't tell Mama. Mama said. She might listen to this. She might. Well, we do have a guest with us. Uh, Lee, let's get you in here, man. We're just hanging out over there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we're just <clears throat> Lee Ellis <laughs> with Seek One. Hanging out with us. I, I've been chipping away at trying to get you on here for a little while, and hopefully I didn't annoy you too much, but welcome to the show, buddy. No, definitely definitely did not annoy me at all. My schedule is just kind of out of control at times. <laughs> and so it, It's kind of one of those things like I thought once deer season ended that it would slow down, but it hasn't at all. <laughs> sure. So, who, feeds, uh, who feeds that pet turkey of yours when you're not around? I, so I had to get rid of the turkey. Oh, oh you man. did? Yeah. Did, did you give it away with that. the limo? Um, I had, so, I mean, I live in a neighborhood, right? Like I'm, I'm in Atlanta and I had this Turkey, um, I named him Hank. And when I dude, he probably gobbled like five, five, at least 500 times a day. Oh my wow. God. <laughs> it was, was just nonstop. Did you provoke it though? Were you like walking around no, the diaphragm call? No, I, I wanted him to stop. Like it was, it was even getting on my nerves. So I, I can only imagine how my neighbors felt, um, but it was kind of nice. Like I didn't set an alarm anymore. It was just like sun started cracking. He roosted on the, um, the balcony, like right outside my bedroom door. And so he just start gobbling and I just get up. So it wasn't as loud as I can imagine it in my mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Farmers have roosters. Deer hunters have turkeys. There you go. But my, uh, my neighbors complained enough and like got animal control involved. Oh my gosh them in the hiding and stuff and um they eventually did get him and put him in like some shelter or something so oh, probably happy on a farm somewhere huh yeah i think so there. but i'm looking at getting a like a 300 pound uh boar to put in my backyard now <laughs> <laughs> just keep stirring the pot with the yeah, I, mean, I, I can't let my neighbors get too complacent you know i gotta keep them uh keep them on their there toes you go, yeah. <laughs> Oh, gotta get shit. some really cutesy uh, collar for that and take it for a walk through the neighborhood, <laughs> dude. And you got rid of your limo too, like so. No more, no more turkey, no more limo. What's going on? This is a rough time for you. You know, I, I don't know. Times are changing. I, so the the limo thing, honestly, like I was really sentimental towards the limo. Um, I bought it drunk at a wedding in South <laughs> with a bunch of buddies, and it was definitely not lifted and definitely not camouflage at the time. Uh, we drove it back and Drew and I spray painted it. And then, um, kind of a friend of ours that has like a custom, like a truck shop or whatever, um, offered to lift it for us. And we did. And man, I just, I just have like a lot of great stories with that thing, but I wanted to, we always try to do a giveaway every year and I wanted to do something that like was meaningful. So, um, the guy you gave it to, he's like, you're like, Oh, so what are you, what are you going to do? And you're like, he's like, my wife's going to freaking kill me. (laughs) <laughs> i forgot verbatim what he said but it was something along along the lines is like or along the lines of like uh oh what did he say he was like you gotta be shitting me like my wife's gonna or no, no he said my wife's gonna flip a shit or something like that 
And he's yeah, like, I don't have anywhere to put it. He was genuinely it. excited about it. So that made me happy that, uh, you know, someone that appreciates it is getting that. So well, I bet you that 12 year old would have been excited about it, too. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. He was 14. Okay. I, I'm not after. He was 14. So, uh, it, we made the right call of, of re, re-choosing, but we're, I'm going to get that kid like some some merch and stuff. I'm actually going to see him like probably next week, that's just awesome. to like oh, hang out cool. with him. And that's super cool. Like that, so. Show my um, ropes. And yeah, I, mean, dude, I felt terrible because like he just entered as like a 14 year old and he won a limo. <laughs> you know, that's but just... you're 14, and, like you can't you can't participate in the giveaway. So um, we're 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 going to take care of him, but. It, it, it all, all in all, it ended up well. So that dude would have felt like a million bucks rolling up to eighth grade dance in that limo with his <laughs> oh, yeah. right? Like, oh man, he'd have been the coolest kid in class. <laughs> yeah, wild. And what's with the Corey? What's is that like? Uh, millions of views on a Corey. I noticed. I was like, are you? Have you not jumped off that spot? Is that real? Are you going to do that with the limo? Just with yourself. <laughs> I, I mean. I'm, yeah, I probably could. I mean, I think people do it all the time. Um, so, you know, I don't know. You got to give the people what they want sometimes. You have to do it before you get too old. Otherwise, you're going to like feel like this isn't a good idea. <laughs> if you do it when you're young, you're like. I'm kind of at that age where like stuff's starting to hurt more and go wrong that like you're kind of realizing you're not as, you know, tough as you used to be at times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I agree with you. It needs to happen sooner. It's probably not going to happen at all. Yeah. You have a Corey here in uh, Wisconsin. I've done some. Ju- I got in trouble jumping off some cliffs. They're like, you can't do that. I was like, oh, I just played stupid. I was like, oh, I don't know what. Oh, oh bullshit. Yeah, okay. I think that's a pretty popular thing to do. I uh, I had a young man in one of my classes last semester who was limping around, and when I asked him, that's he what went happened? off the Corey. His buddies videotaped it, of course, and he broke his femur. Ooh. Oh wow. Yeah. So then he's floating in the water after making this crazy jump, and his friends are cheering. And he's like. No, get me out of here. <laughs> Showed me the video, of course, right? Yeah, he's, he, he got hurt, so you be careful out there in those quarries. Yeah, maybe just go find yeah, a little bit closer. I got to do it. some research on it for sure. I, I think it'd be stupid to just blindly jump, but. It would be. I don't know. Good yeah. place to go fishing if they've got it stocked with bass. Yeah, I, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what the deal is with that place, but if it's like, some, I don't know. There's no fish in that place hardly at all. Um, I don't know if it has something to do with like the water quality or what's going on there, but oh, um, cool. Corys are a weird, weird thing, man. They're deep and dude, they're spooky. And that place like yeah. is actually, I don't know y'all's, uh, this is definitely derailing, but I actually like when conversations go here. I think that what's y'all's stance on ghosts? Oh, they're real yes. to an extent. Yeah, you can always feel some sort of weird presence. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my wife is real good at feeling that. Yeah, this place is legit, really spooky, like haunted. We had some guys that were uh, like former Navy SEALs, like really hard dudes that would hunt out there. Um, we'd let them hunt out there every fall. And when they found out we were doing some like hog hunting and stuff and going to spend the night out there, they, they called me and was like, hey, dude, like just be aware. Like there's really shady stuff that happens <laughs> at night out there. And they're being they're being dead serious, like, crazy spooky stuff that's happened and then uh they put me in touch with the local sheriff and i was talking to the sheriff and i was just getting some like history on the place he said that they have found like six or seven uh dumped bodies in that quarry uh 
And he was like, there's two or three of them that we know are in there that we have not been able to find. That's a deep so quarry. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's, there's some bad juju out there for sure, but we did, we did a podcast with Exodus and, and, uh, it was a Chad that shared that yeah. story about the guy that got pushed out of his tree stand by a ghost allegedly. Mm-hmm. And then it was because it was a lynching tree back in the day. And the EMT said, you're the second guy that's told us that in the last 10 years that you got pushed out of the tree and there's no one here. And we were like, we all got the chills. We're a bunch of grown men. <laughs> it, <laughs> got, it got creepy quick. No, things get weird like that, man. I, I totally believe that. I've had that stuff kind of kind of happen to me. Yeah. yeah, you get in certain parts of the woods or even just a place that just looks off, and you get that feeling, that eerie feeling. Yeah, the Windago or the 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 the, the, beast, of Bray the Road. beast of Bray Road, the Michigan Dog Man. <laughs> You're in Arizona, maybe you see a chupacabra running around. I don't know. <laughs> Shit's weird. <laughs> Dude, so you, I think folks know who you are. Some of the people that are commenting here, they're, they're talking about you shooting all these big deer and you're working really hard. And um, one of the questions we got earlier when we mentioned you were coming on was, uh, have you noticed an uptick in people starting to knock, knock on doors um, since y'all have started? And I imagine the answer is absolutely yes. 100% yes. So you kind of work against yourself in some case you know, with this stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, in a way sort of, but I think for us personally, like it's, it's kind of like what's more important to you, right? Like when we got into this, like, I think what's important to us is we wanted to get people involved in hunting. Um, a lot of people that maybe weren't necessarily like exposed to hunting. Uh, that's kind of my story is that like, I didn't grow up in a hunting family and if it weren't for kind of like playing with the cards we were dealt, with, you know, knocking on some, noticing deer around, knocking on some doors, getting some spots and kind of making the most of it. Like I never would have fallen in love with hunting in the outdoors. Um, And so, yes, there are a lot more people doing it, but what's more important is that there are a lot more people doing it and there are a lot more people hunting and getting into the hunting world and enjoying, you know, getting outside and getting in the woods, even if it's on a couple acres on a Creek bottom and you're still hearing leaf blowers ripping behind you, like, you know, it's, it's, you're still involved in it. It's still, uh, meaningful for you and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's more important to us is that we're growing hunting. We're getting more people involved in the outdoors, um, as opposed to a little more competition for a deer that we're after. So that's it in a nutshell. Is that my phone? That's mine, dude. I, I don't know how my computer, how I can balance my computer, but it dings. Well, that's okay. Every time I, I don't know how to do it either, so I feel your pain because between the iPad, the iPhone, and the and the Mac, I'm like something's gonna ding and I won't be able to control it. So it's okay. <laughs> uh, I think what's what's great with what you just said is we're obviously very interested in growing the human uh, hunting community and getting, and yeah. community. getting new people started. Yep, you know, it, it's it's where it's at for us. We take big pride in that. And I think what's what's awesome is anybody who sees your videos, you know, your early videos or any of your videos hunting in these suburban areas, and especially like not just hunters watching them, but people who are maybe on the fence or landowners who are like contemplating should i let somebody on when they see your dedication to like what you're actually doing you're not just going out and like slaughtering animals like well a lot of people think hunters are like you're there to just kill 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 but when somebody sees the the dedication you put in and like how you go about it i think that absolutely is super beneficial for the hunting community yeah i mean we're engaging with non-hunters every day i mean pretty much every time we're knocking on a door i mean you're in a part of the cell or how we get hunting permission is from education. Like with that 
person that has not hunted or has not been exposed to hunting, maybe they've never met a hunter in their life. And they, you are kind of battling that image of like people that haven't experienced hunting or, uh, they just think it's like barbaric and we're running around with spears and it's just like all about killing stuff. And it's like, once you talk to them, once they kind of see your process and stuff, they realize there's like so much more to it. And I've gotten a lot of, uh, homeowners like involved in it where they'll hunt too. Um, and they, again, like never thought they would ever hunt. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of like every day we're, we're having those conversations with non hunters or anti hunters about hunting. Um, and so that's that, I mean, to me, that's kind of a cool part of it is that, um, you know, I feel like we're having some educational conversations with, with people that live in the city that, you know, just have never met a hunter. That's, that's multifaceted because you consider you, you're putting out all the content on YouTube and social and so forth. So like, there's a lot of eyes and ears on, on what you're doing. So you're bringing people into the fool that way. And if anyone ever follows the R3 movement to uh, recruit, retain and reactivate or whatever the order is there, you're, you're doing that in some way, but then also you're directly doing it. Like you said, with homeowners, how many doors do you know, I mean, you had a counter one time I had seen in your car, like how many doors are you knocking on in a, in a month or I don't know. Uh, it really varies. That was Drew's counter. My numbers, Drew's got to bump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Uh, <laughs> Coffee's for closers, Drew. <laughs> uh, you know, I honestly, I honestly might try to keep track of it this year. He bought that counter just to keep track of it. I might do the same thing where in a year's time frame, I can kind of actually point back to it and have a number. But, um, man, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to say, I'll bet you that in a, in a year, for sure, three to 500. Wow. Did you ever see that? Uh, what's his name? Not, not what? Little Dicky, the rapper, who did yes. that, he filmed yes. that video, right? He was knocking on all these mansions, all these doors. It'd be like, hey, I'm going to fill this music video for free. I'm a rapper. And like everyone just kept slamming the door on him. Yeah. I don't know if you're knocking on like mansion doors, but I feel like it's got to be a lot of doors in the face. Man, we, we've knocked on, you know, 10, $20 million doors. We've knocked on $20,000 doors yep. uh, anywhere in between. Doesn't matter. It's where the deer are, huh? Right. Yeah. But you get you get any high class bucks though, like <laughs> those twenty million properties. Like this buck ain't big, but man, he was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like uh, Nashville, some of those houses are legit, like ten, fifteen million dollars. Like it's <clears throat> it's insane, and those to me are so, sometimes some of the easiest places to get, but also sometimes some of the hardest. It's intimidating. It's nothing like, else. Oh yeah. It's super intimidating. But like I've had, I've, I've had people, uh, just invite me into their house. Like they've never met me, you know, one time I just knock on their door and they'll invite me in their house, like come show me around and stuff. And, uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's, you really experience people from, all, from A to Z, like all ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Some then- people are just, mad at the world some yes. people are the nicest people on the planet i can relate to that and i did hvac i was an hvac service technician for pushing we'll say 15 years so i got some permission in a suburban area that way only because 
I had been working on their equipment for the past three years and they knew me, but I had been trying to get into this area. I talked to like four of their neighbors and then one guy was like all for it. And his wife was like, no, I don't want to see a dead deer falling in my pool. It's and then, yeah. And, and the guy was all for it. He was like, yeah, man, if, if my wife was maybe not around, maybe, maybe she'd come back like next week or something. Maybe, maybe yeah. you can get in here next week. She's not around. I'm like, Dude, next week it's closed. Oh, yeah. well, come talk to me next fall. And I did, and it was a hard no again. But then I got to talking to this other homeowner, and it just ended up working out. She's like, yeah, you know, these deer are always, you know, just totally crushing my all my landscaping. And it turns yeah. out it was the biggest lot in this area, too. It was a nine-acre lot. That's awesome. Yeah, so I got in there, and then... Like, some of her neighbors that I had talked to about hunting, they were like, no, we don't want anybody hunting. And then so she went and talked to them for me, and she, they're like, well, it, you know, if he shoots a deer and it comes on our land, they don't. he doesn't even need to knock. Just come on over and just get it. I said, that's not how I operate, though, because the police yeah. are always patrolling. I don't know how many times I've had the cops come up, see my truck parked in their lot, and then they'd go up to the door or they'd come out looking for me probably three yeah. four times before they figured it out that I was the only guy hunting there. But it was pretty cool to be able to get that permission, and it kind of got me back into deer hunting because my job really took a lot of time out of it, – it took away time from from that ability to do that. So I, uh, I got some pretty good permission and really got good at proficient at shooting deer. I didn't kill any yeah. big ones there. I missed one big one, but – you know, it happens, but yeah. I got good at filling the freezer. My wife called that spot the grocery store. It wasn't hunting. It was just <laughs> filling the grocery cart. Which is what the landowner wanted. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and it was That's funny because, you know, you have a spike buck walk by, and my phone would go off in my pocket, wait for the spike to walk away. You going to shoot that one? It was it was the landowner asking me if I was going to shoot it. You know, she's hoping I'd shoot everything I saw. Yeah. Man, you just hit so many different points, and I could talk about what you just said for hours. But the, yeah. the first thing is what you said, like, it kind of got you back into hunting. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is so much of our feedback is that where it's like, man, it's just like it's tough to find time these days. It just seems like everybody's so busy. And it's like having a spot, you know, five minutes down the road, 10 minutes down the road where you can, like, slip in in the morning, slip in the evenings, like, before you head home or stuff like that. Like, yeah. And it, it's so awesome to be able to do that. And it has gotten so many people back into bow hunting because they just couldn't find the time to do it. But now it's like right around the corner and they're able to go do it. Yeah. It sure. actually can work out. What, one of the questions I want to grab some of the comments here to acknowledge the folks that are tuning in. Uh, Chris Whitley, who's a friend of ours, he's been on the show before. Um, he, this one's relevant to our route right now. So yes, what's the sketchiest encounter that you've had knocking on a door? Um, a gun pulled on me. Shut up. Yeah, that's a little spooky. Yeah. That reminds me of that scene uh, from Bad Boys with Will Smith and uh, what's his name? But probably not as funny. <laughs> 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 You're at least 40. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a gun pulled on me. And um, I had another guy that this was kind of recent, old, older gentleman. He definitely went inside to get a gun. Um, and it was weird because I, I had sat down with his wife uh, and had drank tea with her. I mean, I literally sat down with her for 30 minutes drinking tea. 
just like, cause she invited me in to sit down and have tea with her. And I'm like, you know, sure. So I sit down there, I'm like visiting where they're having tea, just like talking, whatever. And she's like, all right, so, you know, what do you, what can I do for you? And so I, I got into my ask and she was like, oh, I'm all for it. Well, her husband, while I was putting the camera out in the backyard, totally flipped out. And he came out like waving his cane at me. And, and, uh, I was like trying to have a conversation with the guy cause he wasn't letting me get a word in. Yeah. And he was just, he got to the point where he was just like, Sonny, I'm going, I'm going to grab my pistol and you better not be here when I get back. But that's definitely not the sketchiest one I've had. Uh, the sketchiest one I've had is this was several years ago. I wasn't even asking to deer hunt. I was asking to shed hunt. Um, which is actually a huge foot in the door for a lot of people that I get permission at is I do a ton of shed hunting and, you know, late February, March, and it's a really easy yes to get shed hunting permission. And it just helps someone get comfortable with you and it can kind of segue into getting hunting permission. So I'm knocking on doors. Just, I mean, it's like a Sunday afternoon at like, you know, one, two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I walk over to this house, I knock on the door. And I, I when I was walking up, I saw, you know, this older gentleman kind of walk past the window. I walk up and I ring the doorbell. I step back, wait there for a few seconds. And I go back up to knock the second time, just in case like the doorbell didn't ring or whatever. And I go back, stand there for a minute. And then I walk back to my buddy's house. I turn back around like, you know, 10 minutes later, and there's three cop cars in this guy's driveway. And I was like, yeah, that's probably because of me. <laughs> so I start, I start walking back over there and uh, one of the cops was actually really cool. He was like, dude, I watch your videos, man. I knocked on <laughs> back there. Like, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, that's great. Blah, blah. We talked for a second. He's like, I was like, so what's the deal with this guy? He's like, oh, he's, he's flipping out right now. Um, and I was like, do you mind if I go talk to him? And he was like, yeah, yeah, come on. So I'm standing there with these cops and I didn't know this at all. Like when it was happening. But long story short, this old man said that he saw me come up through the window and not and ring the doorbell. And he went and grabbed his gun, his like handgun or whatever. And he said, <clears throat> the second time that I walked up to knock on the door, he said he had his gun drawn at me through the side window, uh, like just to the right of the door. And he said that he had his fully loaded finger on the trigger. And he said he was shaking so bad and he couldn't make up his mind whether, whether to pull the trigger right then and there. Jeez. Uh, wow. And he said like last second, he just decided not to. And that's when I kind of walked away. Um, and that's when he called the cops and the cops ripped into this guy. And then I also like sort of ripped into him a little bit too. And I was just like, you know, what if I was a neighbor, like locked out of my house and I, I just needed like a phone call? Like it's a yeah, Sunday afternoon. Right. Asking for a cup of sugar. Right. Like, yeah. Like yeah. you're going to shoot me and not ask who I am. Like it was not a good deal. Mr. Popular. But sorry. Man, what just man, happened that, here? That is, that's pretty wild. <laughs> no doubt, dude. What the hell? And that's, that's, I mean, I'm sure you encounter a lot of that and people just, you know, they don't want to hear it from you and whatnot. And I think that's uh, one of the more interesting parts of what you guys are doing is you're truly like the ambassador. Like you're the segue between the non-hunting public and right. the, the hunting people. Like a lot of guys are driving to their land. They get out and they hunt. Hunting is hunting. I go to a parking lot. I park my truck. I don't have to worry about that. And you guys are literally like putting the first 
feeling or uh, encounter of like a hunter with non-hunters, like you mentioned before, and and you don't know how that's going to go. And obviously, sometimes it can be pretty uh, turbulent. <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's a sketchy. That, that was definitely that was definitely the worst one. Wow. Yeah, that's wild, wow. dude. What what about like I talked to um, Taylor Chamberlain. Uh, you know, a couple of times, but we we chatted a bunch when we were in Kentucky at the Go Wild party that they had put on uh, when ATA was going on. And <clears throat> excuse me, I just choked. Oh my god! <laughs> you okay there? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's never happened. I scarfed down a whole freaking pizza practically <laughs> right before we started. So that's about the awkwardest thing that's happened on the show to date. Worth so when Greg spilled the beer on the freaking computer. <laughs> And okay, it's on our podcast. Anyway, he had said um, he was really salesman-y about it in a good way. He's like, you know, I pay attention to my posture, my demeanor, where I'm standing. It's very important. Um, he says, "Oh, do you do you have you noticed a deer in your yard? Um, do you like the deer in your yard?" He's like guiding them. It sounded like, and if they say, "Yeah, I've noticed a deer," oh, great. And if you don't like them, like I can, he's almost treating it like he made it sound like he's a exterminator. Yep. <laughs> like I will help you take care of that problem. He's the Pied Piper. Yeah. So then, and then he said, "Well, what about your neighbor? Do they feel the same way as you do?" He said, "So sometimes, depending on the dynamics of the neighborhood, it would change how he presents things." And yeah. So one of the questions that uh, Oak Tree Dreams asked, which is maybe Drew here, he said, do you have any tips and tricks to get people to say yes? And you already mentioned like maybe starting with just shed hunting, like start with something yep. that's not going to end in death. For yeah, a deer. I've gained permission <laughs> you know? on, on private property, you know, regardless of property's property. And in this case for just gaining permission, mm -hmm. but a lot of farmers around here hate turkeys. So that was kind of a segue into, Hey, do you have anybody hunting turkeys? Oh no, shoot all of them. Well, would you mind if I, you know, hunted over here? So it leads to that. And then, like, one property, I gained permission to deer hunt for one season. They had other family members hunting it, but they let me hunt for one season because they let me in there to turkey hunt and go walk around and learn the property. So it, that worked out good, too. But shed hunting, turkey hunting, stuff that's maybe not so invasive. People are a little more protective around here about their deer. That gives you time to maybe build a rapport but, and yeah, a relationship. You bet. Yeah, sure. I mean, like any, any in is always good. I mean, kind of like you said, when you were working at that house, like they got to know you a little bit. Um, I have everybody, every friend that I have that does this almost uses their work as an in. Like one of my buddies is like a tree removal guy. So he'll, you know, kind of use that with every place that he goes for doing tree work. Um, you know, one of my guys is like a, one of my buddies is like a pool builder. And so he'll offer like discounts on, you know, a pool or just like different kind of stuff. Like any sort of in that you can possibly have, you just kind of run with it. But yeah, you throw in a hot tub, uh, you can hunt here all year long, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Taylor and I's strategies. Because you guys have the master class too, by the way. If you want to talk about that for half a second, you're welcome to. Yeah, we, we made a master class together. Um, basically, just like, one of the biggest questions we have always been asked is like, you know, what's your pitch? What do you say? How do you approach like a, a landowner to try and get permission? And there's so much to unpack there um, that Taylor and I got together and did a bunch of podcasts together. We basically created a course to help teach people how to get hunting permission. Nice. Um, and I think that's something that you can take with you, you know, the rest of your life to hopefully get tons and tons of hunting permission that you don't have to pay for. 
Um, I've never paid a single dollar to have any, any of my hunting permission at all. Um, so anyways, yeah, we kind of made that class together, but Taylor and I's strategy is similar ways, but also very different. Um, Taylor's like, like you kind of said, like he'll ask those strategic questions and kind of lead them down that, that, that path. Um, I try to paint a picture, like a, a, a type of narrative picture. A is like, you know, a lot of deer get hit by cars and stuff in these areas. Um, so, you know, I, sometimes I'll paint a picture of like, you know, the deer gets hit by a car. Maybe the city picks, picks it up and takes it to the, to the dump. Maybe they don't. And it just sits there and rots. But if you let me hunt here and I take a deer, that deer is going to be totally used every bit of it. Um, it'll either go to me, my family, or it'll be donated to a needy family. And so I like to try and paint picture a picture B like, you know, and have them kind of land on that. How fast can you get to that point in the conversation? Like if you're, having, you can, okay. Yeah, pretty quick. So let's just, um, let's do this. Let, knock, knock. <laughs> You're at my door. <laughs> you to spill all my beans. <laughs> but I'll also say like. Out of a cannon, shoot. <laughs> 90% of it is totally your confidence and kind of how your behavior is. Because people can see like if you're not confident in what you're saying, um, you're nervous People can pick up on that. It makes them feel sketchy. Like, yeah, it makes them feel really uncomfortable like of saying yes. But when you come at it and you're like, hey, this is what I do. Boom, 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 boom. You're kind of spitting it out. You're painting the right picture. You're just firing all cylinders. Like this is nothing new to you. You've been doing it a long time. Like this guy knows what he's doing is kind of the vibe you give off. People like just settle in and, and are super comfortable um, giving hunting permission. And it's it's kind of crazy like – Drew and I have always joked, like, if someone knocked on our door, would we give hunting permission? It's like, no, I wouldn't want someone on my property. But it is amazing how willing people are, uh, you know, to allow someone to hunt their property. Do you think uh, you're a complete stranger? There's like a liability concern as a homeowner. Like, you look, man, if if you're on my property, I'm not, what if you fall out of my freaking tree? Do I have to deal with that? Like, tree removal service, something that you just mentioned, are, are those people like – if I'm hiring a licensed tree removal guy, I'm hiring him because he's probably insured versus the guy that isn't, that's going to do it under the table. That's a risk that I'm assuming. Right. So yeah. how do you deal with that question? Is that a real, is that a question? I, I never bring up liability, uh, unless they do. So I don't want to, if they're not thinking about that, I don't want to put that idea in their head. So I only bring it up when they do. And when they do, I basically say, you know, I have a release of liability, super, super simple. It's like five sentences. Um, and I have a release of liability that I sign for every property that I go to. Uh, in our state, there is, uh, there's laws, and I think this is for a ton of states. I, I, don't, I haven't really done this research, but there are laws in place that protect landowners for giving hunting permission. It shields them from any and all liability as it relates to allowing a hunter on that property. So there's the, the laws in place in Georgia that shield that I myself draw up a release of liability that I sign for every property. Um, and if that's still not enough, then sometimes we'll get like an actual insurance policy. So you must have like uh, a good plan or something too, in case you actually do get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
So, but I, like I said, I, I, it's amazing how few people bring that up, but when they do, I am never the person that brings it up. I let them do it. I, Cause I don't want to give that idea in their head and then be like, you know what? I never thought about that. I, that's probably a huge liability to let you hunt here. So I don't ever, I don't ever go to that road unless they take it there. Yeah. As a homeowner, that's the road I would go down right away. Like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not dealing with that drama. Like, if you freaking fall out of the tree center and break your leg, what the hell am I going to do? You know? Right. Um, Chris Whitley, again, he said last few pieces, I got permission in Ohio. He think people were more intrigued by his Southern accent. <laughs> He's got a pretty thick Southern I, accent. I've gotten, well, I saw so I door knocked in Ohio this year. And I, I made that joke with people because, like, I don't have that bad of a southern accent. But to them, they can pick up on, I guess, certain things I say. And I'll joke in being like, you can tell, like, I'm not, you know, things I say were like, I'm not from here. <laughs> and that provides an opportunity just to have more conversation with them uh, and just get them comfortable with you and just, like, talking about, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, like. Yeah, you kind of help them kind of take down their walls a little bit and make them feel at ease. And if, if you're not from here, they want to probably maybe be nice to you because they don't want you to have a bad impression of the area or the people in the in the area and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So like I, I would I'd make a joke being like, hey, um, you can probably tell by my voice, I'm from Georgia. Believe it, I drove twelve hours just to door knock some doors up here because I'm looking for, you know, some new places to hunt. And people would just be like, what what and then, <laughs> we start, and then we just start talking and, and as we start talking they're kind of like you know yeah you can hunt here like that's you know you drove 12 hours they, they kind of like they're kind of rooting for you at some point when you you know they get to know you a little bit well the, and you guys have some of the you know some semblance of fame i'd imagine most people that aren't hunters have no clue who the hell you are but like that officer that knew you that was a pretty cool like hey I've seen your stuff, so he's got your back to some degree, um, up to the letter of the law, I suppose. But one of the questions that I have, if I were to go down this path, it would be more along the lines of, I should probably switch a camera, to, um, you know, what if the deer goes into someone else's yard that isn't okay with this? How do you deal with that? That happens on public land where a deer would go into private and suddenly it's like a problem. So I'm yeah. just, I'm really curious about that. Uh, yeah. I, and also I heard some stories from ATA about like parties that like went into the next morning and deer jumped over humans or there's pools, speaking of your buddy that builds pools. Like, you know, generally curious about the gaining permission as it goes into other properties and like some of the crazy stuff maybe you've seen. Taylor told me, I didn't know this until I think it was ATA. He said he had a deer die in someone's pool. That's what I'm getting. Maybe it was you, Taylor. Like, what oh, yeah. the, that's like a bloody mess. Yeah, what is that movie? Uh, pool oh guy is going to love the, that. The horse in the pool. Scarface? Is that Scarface? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that was... Uh, no, the horse in the bed is Scarface, right? That's yeah, the horse head in the, in the bed. bed. Head in the bed. There's one, the, the one in the pool. Maybe it's a horror movie. I think that's a sequel. Amityville Horror, maybe. <laughs> there's could a horse be a sequel pool. movie. <laughs> there you go. There's your Halloween uh, episode. Um, I've actually never had an issue retrieving deer. I think that when you get good at talking with people, you kind of know how to articulate it. But like in Georgia, you have to have retrieval permission. You can't just go get a, get a deer. Right. Um, and so we have to knock on doors and it, it happens every year. Uh, but it's, it's totally how you articulate it. Um, and at the end of the day, most people don't want a dead rotting deer on their property. Um, whether or not they agree with, you being there in the first place what's done is done at that point 
they don't want a, a rotting deer like that on their place. So mm-hmm. most of the time people are pretty cool with it. Um, we've had some that just, you know, kind of became greater issues with people freaking out and stuff. And sometimes it does lead to complicating whether you actually are able to keep permission kind of where you're at. But, uh, if you fire up the Karens, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they go on neighborhood watch and, uh, Some you know, right sometimes there's yeah. spots because of that, but yeah, don't, you, you don't, you don't want to fire up the Karens. That's, that's never. <laughs> good. Yeah. I think the, I think the pool one is the one I was thinking about that I had heard of. And then what's the other one? It was like, uh, a deer jumped over someone that was like sleeping from a college party the night before. Something like, like the blood trail literally went over a human body or something. And do you think, wait, what? That, that's so absurd. It has to be a Taylor story. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Taylor. Yeah. Those are hoots. I mean, I've tracked, you know, a blood trail down a sidewalk before. That was, that was like. Easy. How about that? <laughs> it sh- the blood showed up really well. It was kind of great. <laughs> but no, I nothing, nothing crazy as of yet. Um, as far as like retrieving a deer, it's all, we've been pretty lucky from that standpoint so far. So overall, tons of door knocking, maybe up to 500 in a year. I mean, yep. at some point, do you, does it get exhausting? Are you like, man, I don't want to knock on a door today. Or are you like, I can't wait to do this. I did cold, I get it, I did, um, cold solicitation door to door out of, out of, you know, when I was a young kid. Um, it was terrible going into business after business after business after business. And even it said like no soliciting, I'd walk in anyways. And eventually it became a game and we had like war stories. We tell like, Oh man, you want to talk about guns getting pulled on you? Like I've had dogs sick on me. Weird shit, dude. Um, I had a gas station or like, you can't buy anything here. I'm like, what? I'm trying to buy something. I'm not even here to solicit. He's like, I know you people are I was like, fuck you, dude. I'm not even working. Like, let me buy some gum. I got bad breath. This is a problem, you know? Uh, but just, you know, it gets, it can get exhausting. I have to imagine. But I guess then if you see a giant deer, like one of the ones on your wall, it's going to be like, Oh yeah, I, I got to go do this. I can't help it. Yeah. I've got a, I legitimately have like a problem. Um, <laughs> like it's not an addiction. It's, it's like worse than that. I mean, it's just like, I, it's almost like I can't function if I don't like, if I don't have a spot like, or in, in an area that I want, like I, that probably sounded really weird, but that's okay. I, we're all we're all doing this here. <laughs> I, ha- I have an addiction to getting new spots, like you know, finding out what else is out there, what what I haven't found yet, and so like it is exhausting, but I just like I keep going. Like we just spent like four or five days in Ohio, probably like three weeks ago. Um, it was right after ATA, actually. And I mean, we're going four days, sun up to sundown, not stopping, knocking on doors all day. And it is exhausting. But what keeps me going is like, it's the next house, the next spot. That's going to be the one like that's where that, you know, crazy, awesome deer is going to be or that next like super honey hole spot. Like it's that next door, that next door. Um, And so it's just like I'm addicted to getting new spots, putting cameras out, just like seeing what shows up and kind of letting that journey unfold of like whatever deer we find. And like, I'm glad that I was able to turn it into a business because I would <laughs> probably be in bad, like financial trouble. If I wouldn't be able to keep a job. I don't I mean, I had the last real job I had 
I was selling life insurance um, at a company called Northwestern Mutual. I was working at a like a high rise. We got in one Atlanta. of those here in Milwaukee. High yeah, rise. Northwestern I wanted to Mutual. jump off the building every day because <laughs> I was wearing a suit and tie. I was miserable, and I was constantly getting trail cameras sent to my phone. <laughs> And it, it totally affected like my performance at that company. Which sucks because you're probably like, man, I'm a go-getter. I, I can do a great job here. But when your heart's somewhere else, it's really hard. Yeah. So very, very blessed that like, you know, somehow, some way just kind of unfolded it for us. And now I can, now I can actually go do it for a living. That's a whole nother just podcast kind of- episode, by the way, how to, how to do maybe what you did, maybe the blueprint, but like people, people, think oh you must be oh you're lucky well bitch the harder i work the luckier i get you know don't get it twisted i'm sure what you did to build this thing wasn't easy uh wasn't certainly an overnight success i'm sure it's a you know a, a book of the ten thousand hour rule yeah you're a degree. lot more no's than you do yeses and i have oh, a question okay. about that uh so when you i mean you're targeting some pretty specific deer here that you're following have you ever had it where you you know have a very good idea which property you want to hunt but you've been told no have you ever had the like gone back and had them change their mind, or is that something that never ever happens? I can't imagine it happening often. But have you ever had that where you you know you originally got told no, but then maybe you you know made a good relationship with a neighbor and then they came around? Or yeah, I um I've I don't think I've ever had anybody really tell me no. Um, I guess a couple times where they've told me no, and I've revisited like a week or two later. Most of the time, though, it's um, – I'm sorry if that's making a noise. That's all right. Does it make it, it does. Guys? I don't know if I can clean up or not later. We'll see what I can do. Um, I don't know how to change it on my computer. But uh, most of the time, if I knock on a door and get a no, good gosh, please stop texting me, people. <laughs> They're just so excited to see you on the OK Center podcast. They're probably like, what are you, guys, what are you doing over here, man? You're going to gain um, at least 10,000 followers after this. <laughs> Just saying. More like two. Well, it might have been 10. (laughs) I wanted to make it feel a little bit better. 10 more than I had. Um, No, I'm just, I'm just good to be, glad to be here and hang out with you guys, but this is fun. But typically if I get a no, I'm not taking that no as final. Like I'll revisit a lot of times uh, the following year. And honestly, it starts to build a little bit of a relate that relationship. Like the next time a year later, they see my face. They recognize me. I'll kind of joke and be like, hey, still know this year? Maybe? No? And like, it just kind of, you know, they have a laugh and then we kind of talk a little bit. And like, I've definitely gotten a lot of places after multiple years of going back and knocking on doors. And I'll tell them, I'll be like, is it okay with you if I try you, if I visit again with you next year, just to catch up with you and see if anything's changed? And most of the time they're like, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. You can come back. Um, so well, that or that or like maybe the house sold and there's someone else living there now. Yeah, know? that's always difficult. Pay attention but to I, sale signs or bank foreclosures. Like you might be able to build a relation with a bank or something. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't know. What do I, I've not done but this. When, so in the case when like I have a, a lead on a big deer and I have like the spot marked, if it's a no, I'll start going to the B spots, the C spots, and kind of work my way back until I have something where I'm kind of in that deer's range. So even though it's not like the 20 acre chunk where he's living at or whatever, or spending a lot of time, maybe I can get the one acre chunk or the two acre chunk. That's, you know, a quarter mile away that is in that deer's range so that I'm at least in the game. If we're chasing like a specific deer. 
you're you're a bit of a pit bull when it comes to this stuff. I've noticed, you know, since I've been kind of following along, like when you get something that you want to kill, you seem to not really let it go at all. Yeah, you're a pretty yeah. Uh, focused human when it comes to killing a big deer. Honestly, well, that's where the big deer are, or in places that they're not able to be hunted. And if you can find those places to get a yes, where most people are getting no's, you know, that's a difference in killing a big deer and not having an opportunity at one. I mean, you can, you can know where 25 deer are that are 170 plus, but if you can't get a yes, you're out of the game and knowing where they're at is useless at that point. So that's been a big difference for us is like, it's not that we don't take no for an answer, but it's like we won't stop until we at least have something uh, to kind of hunt that deer or make a move on that deer, um, even if it's not the most ideal spot. And I get, I'll be honest, like I get pretty, uh, pretty, I guess, blunt with people um, <laughs> when I'm knocking on doors. And I think they respect it because if anybody, listening and i'm sure you i know you guys have some door knocking experience but like the one of the most common excuses is like well you know can you leave me like a your contact and i'll, I'll get back with you or well i need to talk to my wife it's just a no that's all it is they're just deferring dude i'll i'll go right at them if they say you know i'll leave can i have your contact and i'll be like look i'm not here to wait like let's not waste my time here i'm not here to waste your time you're not going to call me back so you can either tell me like yes or no now. And we don't have to go down that road. And it'll, it'll basically like, I'm looking for an answer then and there. Don't, don't keep my hopes up for two, three weeks. And I follow back up with you. And then you tell me, no, like at least tell me then and there to where I can move on. And if they're like, well, I need to talk to my wife. I'm like, is she home? Can I talk to her now? What's she doing? And uh, <laughs> she want a back massage. Does she like wine? Yeah. So like, I just, I try to not, beat around the bush i just try to get right to it do you get any odd job things like well yeah i'll let you do it if you can move that you know uh pile of wood chips over there or do you get like I try not to conditions do that. i try not to do that but i always offer like just being a, just being a friend to them at that point like if you need hey if you need anything to help with anything like you know feel free to let me know i'm happy to help with anything i, I can do i'm super grateful that you're letting me out here um that being said, I have had strange requests when it comes to like what they've asked me to do. Some of them, um, some of them in a sexual manner. I mean, you're you're a good-looking young man. You're pretty fit, so like, you know, a lot of these women probably watching too much Lifetime. Honestly, <laughs> it's uh, boy, you got I've a pretty been, mouth. Yeah, I mean, I've had some really strange. Um, encounters like that where <laughs> and i've gotten a lot of hold on i i almost said something that i probably would have had to backpedal on we're not editing I've, this so a lot of, yeah whatever you say it's, it's, it's out there yeah, that's right that's <laughs> right build those relationships. <laughs> just so we're clear you better pucker up buttercup i'm definitely gotten permission from some like like single elderly women um that uh, were very, very flirtatious, and I think just, like, wanted to see me around. Yeah, um, like around their got, pool, cleaning their pool in a Speedo or what? 
they asked me to clean their pool, pool in a speedo, and there's a big enough deer there. I'd, I'd have the speedo out in about five seconds. Do yeah. you want the banana hammock, or do you want the regular I had a lady uh, one year, and she was she was like a big part of PETA, uh, and she was like telling me how she's like a, a huge part of this like Save the Whales movement. She's like, I just got my Save the Whales calendar in for the year. Um, and she was like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like, yeah, you can hunt here. Like I get the, the management side of it and all that stuff. And I think come to find out, she just wanted me around because every single time I would show up in her driveway to go check a camera or just whatever, she would come out. And a lot of times she was like wearing very risque things. Uh, she would purposely wear like, one, one time she came out and she was purposely wearing like a white shirt that kind of like, you know, V-neck kind of deal and not wearing a bra on purpose. And like, I'm already a little uncomfortable as it is. And she like fake dropped something and just like bent down and was like, you know, clearly trying to just pop like a drop it. Right. And then she was just like, oh, gosh, I guess you saw a little too much. Like, did you like what you saw? Call me Kitty Cat. Lady, I'm just here to my SD card, like, (laughs) you know. Um, And then she remembered you had a camera back there. And you, woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's definitely been some weird stuff like that. I mean, when you're, you're, you know, dealing with, like, hundreds of people, uh, you come across some interesting walks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you you put trail cams out on these people's properties. Like, do they, like, man, do I want someone else's camera on my property? Do they even know? Do they even care? Do you take? Do you even bother bringing that up? It's probably one of those, one of those like reliability thing. Like, look, if they don't ask, I ain't telling, kind of thing, or what? So I actually learned people are very sketchy of like when you say, "Hey, I'm going to put a camera on your property." Well, without context, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't want you doing that." Like they're thinking you're pointing it to, towards the house, like, yeah, that kind of stuff. And and what I how I word it is when I'm explaining my process to them, I'll be like you know, typically my first step is like, I'll put a trail camera out. Um, and it takes a deer survey for me. It lets me know how many deer in the area, what times they are coming through. It just gives me an idea of like, what's going on back there. It'll be way back in the woods, like, you know, way pointed away from your house. Um, and I just put it on a deer trail or a scrape or whatever, and, and kind of explain it to where, um, you know, they're not like thinking I'm just, putting some camera like looking into their bedroom window what's the wildest thing you've seen on camera in the urban areas uh naked dude oh, shit. several naked dudes <laughs> um, <laughs> a whole herd of them probably so a the lot Flor- of alcohol Flor- or drugs involved yeah, the florida man's making his way up to georgia huh <laughs> mm, there was there was one it wasn't my uh trail camera but it was a buddy of mine who hunts in atlanta and it was a lady that just looked like she looked possessed. It was, it was super scary. And she was carrying this like massive butcher knife and she like crept up to my buddy's feeder and was just, there's just like three pictures of her, like, like creeping through the woods like this around his feeder, which is this like massive butcher knife, like creeping around. What the French toes, dude, what is going on with that? (laughs) So yeah, I mean, dude, coyote hunting. hunting. There's a picture that we posted on our Instagram that I'm going to see if I can find it and show it to you real quick. Cause 
it's like Blair Witch Project scary. It's like some old lady and two two daughter like granddaughters, and it's it's worth looking at. I'm, I'll text it to you so you can see it. We'll share to our story and tell people to listen to the podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, man. Check out Seek One for your latest Blair Witch updates. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys up to then? I mean, I put a, a, by the way, if you guys want to call into the show, I'll, I'll say the number out loud for people on TikTok because I can't see the screen. But uh, if you want, if you want to ask questions, you can chat. I mean, we've been getting a couple of those, but uh, you can always call in too. It's 262-757-4122. You can call and chat with us here, ask Lee a question or whatever you got going on. Um, but what what's on the horizon for you guys this year? Anything fun, exciting that you're able to talk about that you care to talk about? Yeah, I mean, um, we, we have a ton of things we're working on. Uh, we've been working really hard for on a nonprofit where <clears throat> part of the problem with Atlanta is there are no processors really close. Um, that's actually probably the case for a lot of urban areas. <clears throat> and so to shoot a doe is like a process when you got to drive it an hour drop it off and then drive another hour back to go get are a, it like warmer client climate too. So yeah, like, yeah things got to get moved quickly. Right. So, um, we've been wanting to open a processor that's super remote to Atlanta. That's easier for deer to drop, easier for people to drop deer off. Um, and we, we've, we've created a nonprofit where we're going to cover the cost of processing if people want to donate. And we have a bunch of churches and shelters we partner with downtown. So we're giving hunters the opportunity <clears throat> to make an impact in the city uh, that they hunt with the the people back in, in you know in this on in the inner, inner city. So the plan is to do that in Atlanta. The next step would be Birmingham. Next step would be hopefully Nashville. Um, hopefully, just giving hunters that opportunity to, to you know affect positively affect people in the cities that they hunt. That's from a mission standpoint. That's one of our big ones. Um, What's the name of it? Good. The, the name yeah. of the processor? Say what? What's the name of the entity, the nonprofit? The Venison Project. Okay. Nice. I know you guys yeah. stacked a bunch of does recently, and I, I noticed the Venison Project there, so that's a pretty cool yeah. way to maybe kind of unveil that it's maybe what was happening there. Yeah, for sure. But um, from a, like, uh, goal perspective for this year, I've – it's been a while since I've killed a buck. That's like, like a mega giant. Um, there was a few years there where, where I went on a, on a, on a run where, you know, we killed some just like world-class deer. Um, there are some deer that exist in certain suburbs in some more Northern States that are absolute jaw droppers. And one of my goals for this year is to get on one of those, caliber deer that exists in these places that anybody can go knock on a door and have access to hunt one of these deer. And I'm talking like 200, 200 plus awesome. caliber deer. One deer that I'm, I actually have a spot for that is in his range is every bit of like 230 inches. Jesus. Wow. Man. That's a, so, that's awesome. That's a very goal. large animal. We're just kind of wanting to expand on what we've done in Atlanta to other places and different states and stuff. You know, a friend of mine, uh, Matt McCoy, he runs an outfit here. It's a startup here in Wisconsin called Field to Freezer. And he's created an, uh, an application. It's a web app and a smartphone app that 
makes it easier for both the processor and the hunter to deal with dropping that deer off where you can pre-check in your deer and based on how he's developed his software, because it's been years in the works. Um, right. There's a, there's a lot that goes into the algorithm that he has to determine how much meat it is, what cuts you want, what you're going to get back from that processor. And that's just simple as a QR code. And it's streamlining how deer processing is done throughout the country. And he's, he's gone on tour. He's driven around the country. He's met with all these processors. He's doing a lot for like just the meat industry or like the processing industry at large, not just deer, but like, you know, cows and stuff also. But the, the start of it was deer and he might be someone great for you to talk with. And I'm cool to talk about it here on the podcast because he's a Wisconsin local startup, you know, he's in the startup community here in Milwaukee doing some pretty exciting things, but, uh, that might be a great one to, I don't know if there's a partnership or something to leverage his stuff as you kind of grow out what you're doing with the nonprofit side. It could be a really cool kind of uh, thing to, again, yeah, make it awesome. easier for, you know, if it if you're in the city, you've never been exposed to dropping a deer off at a processor and suddenly there's this app that you're just showing up on that might help people right. quite yeah, a bit. Which, by the way, processors are becoming less and less every year. The guy that I take mine to, like every year, He's telling me he wants to retire, he wants to quit doing it, and he's taking on more deer because there are a handful of other places local to me that have closed up. They don't do it anymore, whether, you know, kids didn't want to take it over or it's just too much work and not enough money, whatever the case may be. But there are less and less every year deer processors, and the processors that are in business, they're taking in less deer because it's too much. Yeah, that's... I think that's happened all across the country. It I is. mean, there, there's been several in Georgia that we used to go to that have, that have since shut down. So it's yeah, that, a very antiquated space. There's a lot, I mean, there's not a lot of heavy reliance on tech and you know, some of that, like yourself that works with bill with Spartan forge, we can see like that. That's the tippy top of what technology can do. He's, he's doing some bleeding edge things there. Uh, you got to, think about the processors that are doing things in a 1982 kind of world paper, you know, they're losing stuff. They don't know whose orders coming or going. Well, what cuts are you getting? Well, I don't know. I would you put on the, did you check the box? Where did you, did you lose a receipt? You know, like we've all kind of been there. And I think there's going to be an evolution of change that's going to happen there. There's a lot of disruption that's ready to take place in that space for, for the better, you know, I think. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. All right. I found the picture. I just texted it to you. I want y'all to look at it. All right, I'll pull it up on the screen. Give me a second. Did you? You said yeah. I don't see the text come through just yet, but maybe it didn't come through on my computer. There it is. Yeah, I see it on the tablet, but I click that, it's gonna turn off all of my mm. cameras. I'll find a way to share it later. I can't do it from my computer. I don't know why the Mac computer isn't bringing it up. I have a text app, but it's like not. Whatever, dude. We'll check it out. And my phone's running TikTok. I got no way to look at it. <laughs> it's just, there's like a lot of technology in this little tiny room in our basement. And you can't use it all at once. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Send us it. Send it to Instagram, and Greg can pull it up at least, if nothing else. But um, yeah, all right, I'll do it right now. But maybe I can't. You I don't, don't have, have access, access to OKS Hunter. Nope, I was put on the naughty list. So <laughs> you weren't put on the, We just we got hacked or something. I had to change a password. He's all butthurt over here. <laughs> Oh, I put on the naughty list. I can't. I can put on the naughty list, and I can't put the damn count. To change your tampon over here, big guy. It's fine. Jesus, it's dry. It'll be okay. It's dry. Gross. (laughs) Full of vodka. 
You started the like show a, talking about your like ass. A college, like, like a college, college all chick. sorts of shit. I get drugged yeah. into this, and I didn't even have enough alcohol. <laughs> Greg. What the hell? <laughs> At least you didn't puke in your mouth for no reason. No, I don't do that. Oh. <laughs> I'm coughing over here. Oh, man. So people can call in at any time? Yeah, dude. Uh, we have no callers in queue. You guys, I don't know. Uh, we usually get like at least a few folks that call in, so maybe no one wants to talk to you. Lee. Sorry to, bu- <laughs> to like throw sticks at your ego here, but I don't know. But, but it's also like bath night for most people with kids or like it's dinner. It's We run this at a pretty shitty time, I think, because we have families we need to get home to. If I could run this at 8 to 9, it would be off the charts, but that's not – I can't roll that way. That's when our, my kids are, you know, I, I barely make it home in time to put my kids to bed, too. Yeah, you at least want to give them a kiss on the cheek and say goodnight, you know. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I got buddies like, dude, I can't tune in. I miss it every night. It's bath time on Tuesdays. I'm like, you could scoot away from bath night one night. Come on. You know, you could. You got to. That they're, they're watching it while their kids are in their bath and, you know, things aren't going great. So, yeah, I get it. We're not important. We're just okay as Hunter over here. We I don't. Understand. Yeah. But I got the number on the screen. If anyone does want to call in, go ahead. I don't know if you if you share, you'll probably get all bunch. We'll, we'll probably be here all damn night. Um, Dalton Wood, oh. asked, we're getting comments, so that's that's good enough. Uh, he said, "What's everyone's take on supplemental feeding in your suburban areas? A lot say it's bad uh, to congest deer, but he, but I do it myself. Honestly, if you've got a bird feeder out, you're congesting deer. I mean, I watched it happen." The deer and turkeys run what I called the bird feeder, bird feeder circuit, where they would, they knew all the feeders had been filled, and out they'd go. They'd make it from one lot to the next, and eventually make their way past me. In some cases, the neighbor across the street's got a pile of corn in their backyard. We just went back there for a hike, for and the I was like, "Squirrels!" It's a pile of fucking corn. I went for a walk tonight in that urban area looking for a few shed antlers, and there was a couple of big giant salt blocks, mineral blocks, mm-hmm. tucked behind uh, brush piles. So yep. I think it's happening in oh, most yeah. of every backyard. Yep. Lee, yeah, what do you, Lee, what do you see down by you? Same, same deal, man. If you, if I had free access to just walk all over the place, I mean, you, you'd find tons and tons of, of feeders and corn piles and salt licks and all that kind of stuff all around. So, um, you know, I always kind of look at it like it's, it's giving me an advantage, obviously in whichever state it's legal in, but it's giving me an advantage to place that animal and have a high percentage shot on that deer. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to take the best shot I possibly can um, on a deer. So, you know, when we put feed out, like it's, it's giving us a, a more clean kill opportunity. Um, so what do you, you use? Know. Apples, corn, what are you doing? We just typically throw corn out. Yeah. We, we've, I mean, we've experimented with a bunch of stuff and like, you know, I've, I've fed protein and stuff in the summertime and they'll, you know, they pound it. But I, I think that these deer where we're at have so much forage in the summertime Yeah, with kudzu that grows around here that they don't really need the protein I'm putting out. Um, I think they're just eating on it just to kind of eat on it. But how high um, are you climbing in your trees, by the way? I, I, because there's one video you shared. And I was like, man, you are up there how yeah 
We're about touching the clouds. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how? Well, it depends. Like you're it, not one sticking it. No. Well, and it depends too. Like the area I had, it was like a park in there, so it was all white pines, and there weren't any limbs for probably twenty feet or more. So I'd have to go. I had just a cheap metal ladder, ladder sticks, you know, from Farm and Fleet, and I had I used five of them things, and those were four step sticks. So I was up there, and I would get to the top of that fifth stick and then place my platform where there were two limbs where I had something to kind of hide by. But it was a hard downward angle shot. And like Lee said, if you don't have something to kind of concentrate them in one area to get a good, clean, ethical shot, I passed on more shots than I took, obviously, because I didn't want to take a bad shot, and I didn't want it to run to that one neighbor's yard that didn't want to see somebody in their yard and said it was cruel to, to kill deer with a bow. You know, I didn't want to put up with that. You so, injured one and it's running around the neighborhood yep. and leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Everybody's mouth. Yeah, you got to be careful. And the neighbor kid did that. He shot a nice buck and it ran probably six properties over and ended up dying on a conservancy. And uh, somebody else I knew in the area had found it. And that kid looked all over the place and like nobody wanted to give that kid permission to deer hunt after that. Yeah, we, uh, Eric, you mentioned the one sticks. Um, like late, late season here is when we're really having to get high because all of our cover's gone. Oh, okay. That makes some sense. And some of these places, like you're dealing with a lot of eyeballs, uh, from just the deer densities and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, you get picked off really easy if you're not, you know, at the tippy top of these trees. I was using three screw in pegs, uh, and then I was using six, one sticks, um, to go up. So I, I don't, I mean, I couldn't put like a, a footage on it, but like we're, we're way up there. Are you saddle tree stand? What do you climber? What do you, I mean, I know you said sticks, so not climber, but I, yeah, I used to hunt out of uh lock-ons almost exclusively, but the last year, the last two seasons, uh, we've been using the, the saddles, the tethered saddles. And, um, I'm a big fan of them. It's just super tactical, uh, especially late season. I'll position the tree in front of me. I'm doing that most of the time I'm hunting out of them anyways, but where I think the deer are going to be, I'm positioning myself behind the tree, just using the tree as cover. And then I'm kind of popping out one side or the other, uh, to get a shot. So I've, I've started to like, like the saddle hunting a lot more. That's one of the things I just did an article for go wild. And that was one of the big things I put as a things to consider that you might not be thinking of, but we do have a caller. Um, it is Chris Whitley who was commenting earlier, uh, so let's hear that sweet southern accent, Chris. How you doing? Oh, uh, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, we're great, dude. I'm glad that you were able to tune in. Uh, I don't obviously. I don't know if you were on TikTok or I don't know where you're coming in from, but welcome to the show, dude. Hopefully, you got some good questions here to keep our conversation rolling. Yes, I'm listening in on uh, on Facebook. So my thing is, um, I've done some. I mentioned on your last uh, show about um, hunting in like a country club and stuff, but I moved into a neighborhood, and it's not an urban neighborhood, but there's still a lot of houses and stuff around. And so, of course, as a hunter, I'm going to take advantage and start hunting, uh, you know, behind my house. You know, if there's deer there, I'm going to hunt them. And I've noticed, you know, deer would come out in my backyard, and you could walk on the porch. They didn't seem like they were bothered by that. Um, And you think, okay, this is like fish in a barrel type of thing. And then you get in the woods with them, and it's a completely different animal where the deer – seem like they are just on edge more so than any deer I've ever hunted before. 
And I'm just curious if Lee has encountered that or if he sees that the deer are more relaxed, you know, in these urban areas versus, you know, large tract hunting. No, you hit the nail on the head. That What you described is exactly what we experience and deal with. And that's that's probably one of the biggest common misconceptions with the suburban hunting is that, oh, like those deer, they don't care about human scent. They're just stupid. Like they smell people all the time. Um, yes, they do smell people all the time, but they also can identify where that's coming from. So if it's someone on their back deck, like they can see that they're used to that. That's very normal to them. They can, they can place where that scent is coming from. But when you're in their territory, in their woods, and they can, they smell you and they can't find you, they know something's up and a hundred percent they're on edge. They're just like, this isn't normal. This is not normal. Where's he at? Where's he at? And so 100%, I agree with you that these deer are very, very uh, prone to scent and things like that. And what's, I was telling uh, actually Chris B this the other day, but I was hunting a spot late season and I was in a tree, my wind swirled, these deer that were in the field in front of me smelled me these deer circled all the way and I'm hunting like 25 acres. These deer circle all the way back behind me and they go into this person's backyard <clears throat> into their like grass next to their, like their koi pond. And he, th these deer are 10 yards from this person's back deck. And you would think being that close to the back deck, they're like, Oh, I smell people all the time here. Like no big deal. Those deer blew at me. <laughs> because they got downwind of me, from even the though they're ten yards from this person's back deck, these deer blew at me because they were smelling me and couldn't find me. And they knew it wasn't coming from the deck. They knew where it was coming from. Couldn't find me, didn't like it, blew out of there. And they were 10 yards from someone's back deck. God dang it, that pisses you off. As a deer hunter, like, you smart animal, you little shit. Yeah, I've had the same thing happen, you know. They, they, deer are still deer. They're always going to be deer. They're always going to do deer things. They're always going to do deer things, and that's one of the deer things they do. Man, I yeah. swear, you know, they, they listen to how you walk. Like, hot, you know, deer stand next to a hiking trail, and if you're hiking by on a steady gait, they'll just stand there and watch. But that hunter's walk where you're trying to be all stealthy and sneaky. Yeah, a couple they, steps yeah. to stop, something's up. And then, up. boom, there goes the tails. They're blowing at you. If you're nonchalant, it, it's, you know, it's where they're, they're, they're used to it. These deer are really, really good at patterning how you're going in and coming out of their territory. So, you know, where you're accessing, kind of walking in and out, like I've had deer countless times pinpoint where I'm going in and out. And they know they know exactly every time I'm there and when I'm not. That's why on my cameras, when I'm not there, that buck I'm after, wandering through in daylight, no problem. But every time I'm there, he seems to be nowhere to be seen. And that's a that's a common story across the board for everybody that hunts around, you know, the same places that we do. Good question, Chris. Any others? And I, I had a follow-up question. Yeah, to that. Thank do you. you have like, is it, do you think it's harder to run a deer, like a target buck? If you've got a target buck in your area, do you think in an urban area, do you think it's harder to run him out of that area? Because I had an encounter, same, same buck I was after here that I was talking about when I moved into this house. Um, I got a shot actually on this deer. I had to, the deer, like I said, they were super on edge more so than I expected them to be because I knew they were used to human activity around. And I wound, I wound up having to move my stand and put it twice as high as what I normally would and more 
higher than where I would want to bow hunting, but I actually got a shot at the deer, hit the deer exactly where I was aiming, thought it was a perfect shot, thought I would just track this deer and find it. It somehow survived, and we nobody that seen the deer after, I, I ended up killing it with a rifle later in the year, but nobody could believe the deer had made it, but also the fact that it would not leave that area even after it was shot. It disappeared for a few weeks and then showed right back up in a neighbor's yard that had been seeing it also along with me. And he said, Chris, man, he said, your buck is still alive. I see exactly where you hit the deer. He said, I don't know how the deer is on its feet, but it's still here. And again, that deer came back into the same location where I had shot it before, which is something I've not encountered on my private leases and stuff. Uh, so I'm just curious to see, you know, if you get on a target buck, do you think it's harder to run him out of that area? I know they're on edge, so they're still harder to hunt, but do they, is it harder to push them out? You think? I think every deer is different. Um, whether that's urban or rural, like I think every deer, I mean, just like people have certain behaviors and tendencies about them. I think some deer are way smarter than others. I think some deer are way dumber than others, um, just like people. And so um, I would say based on that experience, like that may have happened with that deer. It may not have happened with, you know, the same experience if five other deer ha had that happen. Um, I'll say that from my experience, uh, we were hunting a deer this year and he had daylighted in this spot four days in a row. And it was like, we went in, it was like, it's going to happen. And went in the morning and we never like heard or saw the deer blow out of there, but he went missing for a month and a half. And I guarantee you what happened was he did catch us coming in there on him to hunt in there that morning. And he left that area for a month and a half, totally gone. Didn't show back up on camera for that long. And he was, he was showing up on another guy's camera across one, I mean, 200 yards away, sometimes less than that. And so I think that deer was definitely still using that area, but he had just associated like something happened with him at that particular spot we had, and he just avoided it for a month and a half. It took him that long to kind of settle back in and come in there. So I think every deer is different. Um, I think sometimes they'll get really close to, to where something happened like that. Um, but maybe not go back to that exact spot. Um, you know, I think a lot of times too, like sometimes deer have no idea what happened to them. Like, you know, someone I've seen people shoot at a deer and you know, the deer has zero clue what's happened. Um, you know, so I, I think it's just kind of, it depends on the experience of like what happened to that deer in his mind. Was there something, some sort of danger there that he like knew was there and something happened? And he's like, okay, I'm never going back. Or was it just something that happened where he's like, something bit me. Buck, yeah. yeah. Did another buck gore me from behind? I didn't see it. Like what, you know, just had no clue of kind of what happened. I, I, I think that that's, there's so much that depends on that, um, that answer, but. No, those are probably, great questions, Chris. And, and I love your accent, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Don't worry. You're, you're going to well, be coming guys, on the I, podcast for turkey calling pretty soon, buddy. I love it. Yeah, I've got to break my turkey calls out. I, I focus so much on deer hunting and then transition to duck hunting and then transition to rabbit hunting. And so now I've got to break out the turkey calls and shake off the rest. So. But I appreciate you guys taking my call. And it, Lee, it was awesome talking to you. Uh, Talking to Those you are two very, very good questions. I appreciate you calling in. 
right. Thank you, guys. I'll let you go. Y'all have a good afternoon. Have a good night, Thanks Chris. for the call. Thanks, Chris. Right. Bye. Um, Dalton, add another question for you here, if you're cool with hanging out for a Q&A, which sounds like where we're at right at this point. Um, oh, good. I burped and didn't puke that time. So another question is, how do you deal with poachers? Have uh, guys that slip in and uh, hunt a couple of spots, he gets in town and hangs cameras and stuff, and they've left a note saying, remove their cameras and still find them afterwards. Uh, last time he had taken the camera, so he's kind of telling he's ten, kind of telling a story here. But are are you ever encountering people, ever encountering people that are poaching or accessing a property that you're accessing without permission? All the time. Interesting. Yeah, all the time. Um, frustrating. We've had we've had incidents happen where our stands have been stolen, and we'll find them moved like 500 yards away. And these guys were like hunting our stands that they stole and just moved and put them up, you know, 500 yards away. Um. There was a the the place I was hunting in in uh, Tennessee this year. Um, it was actually behind an apartment complex, and uh, they had terrible trespassing trespassing issues. Um, and so they kind of allowed me to hunt because I would be able to keep tabs on the place, run cameras, stuff like that. Uh, I went down in there. There was someone's trail camera. There was two climbers down in there. Um, and I made a hundred percent sure with the, the apartment complex first that like, Hey, you're sure nobody is supposed to be back here. And they're like, absolutely not. Um, and the first time we actually hunted there, we had someone, uh, slip in on us that was hunting. Uh, that stuff happens all the time. Uh, I, I always try to just handle it, uh, man to man, if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it, if it continues past that that's when we'll, you know, typically get, you know, a game warden or law enforcement or, or something like that, or the apartment complex, uh, involved and kind of let the apartment complex handle it from there. Uh, but typically like if I can figure out who it is, I'll have some sort of conversation first. Um, we're always putting That's locks on our truck cameras and stuff like that. Cause we're constantly having stuff stolen and whatnot, but yep. Yeah, I don't know who the people are that do that stuff. I just, I've never been that guy. I just, I don't understand no. it. I just, it's when you're chasing caliber of deer like these guys are, people do stupid things. You know, yeah, they, maybe that deer make people do. Yeah, people do stupid shit when it comes to big deer. Yep, they just lose their judgment, or maybe they have bad judgment in the first place. But it it happens more often than you think. You know, like the uh, our buddy Kevin Vistason over at Deer Hunter Podcast said that just finished up that series with the Ron Polo Buck. And perfect example, you know, look at that. There you go. People want big deer because they think that it means that they'll get some sense of fame, the, the, whatever you call it, the 60 seconds of fame or whatever they call it, the limelight or that they'll get a sponsor. And so if you're out there for the wrong reasons, you're going to be doing wrong reasoning, (laughs) so to speak. It's unfortunate, man. I just have never been that way. I've been lucky to have my dad. He follows, he's a rule follower. You know, we follow the rules and that's that. There's no other way of thinking for me with that stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't bend that shit. Well, it's so much more rewarding when you know, you've done it the right way. Yeah. You've done it all by the book and you've, you came out smelling like a rose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, people, people lose their cool over big deer. You know, I've, I've had, and it took me time to kind of learn this. Like I've had friendships, um, that were affected because of deer. I've seen other people's friendships get ruined over deer where people won't talk to each other. Like people that have been friends for years, just all of a sudden just cut each other completely off. And, 
I've, I've struggled with that, especially, you know, in my teens and stuff um, with Drew. Cause like I was, you know, hiding trail cams from trail cam pictures from <laughs> Drew because I wanted him to go, you know, hunt this deer and stuff. And um, you know, as, as I just kind of, I guess, matured, I'm definitely not mature, but as I've taken steps towards Guys never maturing, fully mature, you know, that's, yeah, no, never. <laughs> um, I've just learned that like, sometimes a deer just isn't worth it. Um, you know, when you're kind of compromising your morals and, and friendships and just stuff like that, it's, there will always be another deer. Yeah. And Drew can grow a mustache and you can't. So, I mean, he's got that over here. Yeah, so, you, know, <laughs> you got just <laughs> enough to put a little milk on it and let the cat lick it off. Oh eh? boy. A little inside <laughs> baseball. Kitty cat. Yeah, Kitty cat. I, I don't, yeah. folks that don't know, like I got to hang out with you guys a little bit uh, when Spartan Forge did their veteran hunt in uh, PA, and we sharpied a marker mustache on you. You had it for that we looked pretty, pretty good. good sport about it. I think it really yeah. man, manned up a little bit. Like you were, you, you got pretty manly really quick. It's been a dream of mine to have facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord chose not to bless me with facial hair. What do you know all. about Spartan Forge? What's going on with those guys? What can we talk about? Um, I don't really know what all I can talk about, but yeah, Bill's like, I, I don't know. Talk about it. Don't talk about it. I was like, Bill, I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> yeah. So Bill is like, dude, he's scary, smart. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And you met really, Ashley. Like he's, he knows scary people too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't and fuck what, with Bill. What Bill is capable of is like insane. So what he's done, like the version that's out of Spartan Forge now is, is literally just scratching the surface of what it will be because of what Bill is capable of doing. The, the imagery and stuff that's coming out is crazy. And it's like, you can actually measure, like if you were curious on, okay, I want to get in that tree. I'm curious how tall it, like you can measure how tall a tree is. (laughs) And it's like, it, dude, it's, it's so next level that, and it's going to keep advancing. I mean, that's just, he's dangerously smart. You you have to build a baseline before you can do the things that are that next level. And I think like a lot of people are seeing are the baseline version of this thing. And it's just, like you said, it is just the beginning. It really is going to be taking off in a different, not different, but like in addition to it is the wind stuff too, that he's doing. Like I, I, you know, early yeah. on in early talks, I'm like, yo, and he's, he's been so receptive for, for such an intelligent man. He's been so receptive of receiving feedback from, from serious big buck killers, um, and non big buck killers <laughs> <laughs> for that matter. Like, you know, he's really open to like, Hey, I, w- I want to do this. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. That's easy. And that's no problem. And, and combining this and combining that and doing this and doing that, like, that's how you like get a good product is you listen to the market that's been my favorite part of working with him is that he is not stubborn and he is willing to listen and like, he'll take our feedback and incorporate it. Yep. Um, and not be like, no, I'm not doing that. Like he is just like a sponge when it comes to the pro staff team he's built. Like he trusts the people he surrounds himself with and he pays attention to our feedback. So it's like, Hey, I think it'd be cool if you added this, like he, he he's going to add it. Even the left hand right hand thing, like I don't, I actually don't know of any other app that will switch between if you're a left hand dominant, right hand dominant, it'll switch the, you know, controls of the application to to, like honor that hand or I can't think of my words, but yeah. it's it's down to that level of detail of 
meeting the consumer where they are and accommodating those preferences. I think it's just a really eloquent thing that he's put together. And we're supposed to be talking shit about him to get him to call in. Where the hell is Bill, by the way? Is I just sent, the, I just, I just, is he one of the I five people on, on the Slack app because I'm, I'm on the Slack group with him. So <laughs> to call in? we were joking before. I, mean, I didn't tell him to call in, but I told him to call. Who knows, well, I said we talked shit about him to get him to call in. He usually, he's watched a lot of our episodes. <laughs> He was one. Of, he was one of our. No he's here. He says he, he's commenting. So now he comes out of the woodwork. That's silent. That's silent. Freaking creeper! I swear he's got a bug in this room. He's maybe, got a maybe he saw my uh, poke at him on the Slack app. Who knows? Oak Tree Dream says they're thinking about calling. In. Well, quit thinking, dude. Kids are crazy tonight. See, this is what I'm talking about. The ki- people got kids and shit. It's hard. You don't, don't think about. It, yeah, it. Oak Tree Dreams. You, that's your first time you thought about it. And when I see you in March at the trade show, I'm going to tell you to stop thinking about shit and buy a hat. So, <laughs> question for you, Lee. And I saw somebody ask this question: What was probably your favorite deer on that wall to hunt? Oh man, um, I I think it'd have to be the Charlie. I'll show him to you. I'll put you full screen so you can share it. Bill, you better get out your phone and start dialing. Look at the freaking tines on that on that deer. Yeah. What makes them your favorite? The tines? No, so this the story of it, like that was Jeez, here goes my computer again. Um, That's awesome. The story, the story of it, it was like three years um that I was hunting that deer. It was the first like really big deer I killed. I think it was the first deer that I put like my absolute like soul into. Um and just like the ups and downs and the whole journey of it. It's one of those like once in your lifetime deer that you just almost feel like, you know, the deer so well, you know, every, every like hair on his head kind of deal. Um, and that Bill, just comes from years of history and stuff like that. And sure. Bill is here. A lot way. of these other deer mean a ton to me. Um, but I just didn't have like the, the three years of like actually hunting that year. But, is Bill here? He's here now, yeah. but he's got some feedback coming on. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. <laughs> hey, what's going on, buddy? Did it take you the whole hour to call in? Hour and a half? Were you here the whole time? Well, I, no, not. I was listening, but I, uh, <clears throat> I was uh, driving, and I don't like calling while I'm driving. Ah, so great. my son and I just got uh, just got done driving about a four hour car ride. So figured I'd call in now. Nice. Welcome I figured to the, uh, welcome you were show. listening. I didn't want to say anything that would get me in trouble. <laughs> in, in trouble with who? <laughs> this is your world, Lee. I'm just living in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what are you guys up to tonight? What's what's the good word? I puked in my mouth earlier. That happened. <laughs> I don't know. I, Apparently, were I, have you, a, I have a tattoo Were you that nervous about somewhere. talking to the Roy? I had a... F- a screaming Sicilian pizza, and then I was now down I was and screaming burden, back, and I burped. I was like, "Oh shit! I wasn't ready for for that." So that was the first. The guys were looking at me like I'm fucking uh, crazy, like I'm some sort of alcoholic. I just wanted to make sure you were alive. <laughs> it was very awkward. Yeah, you were choking on. I was it. like, "Do I spit this on the carpet? What do I do?" I was like, "Taking Greg and Heimlich is on you, buddy." Uh, yeah, Heinlich. No. no. What, no, que- no, Bill? What do questions do you have for Lee? This is all about Lee tonight. Bill, we talked about... What uh, questions do I have for Lee? That's what have we been talking about? I don't want to repeat. See how we ranked him above you on this You call? should just repeat anyway. <laughs> Lee, you mentioned... Some of us I, are I, I guess if I, if I do anything, I should embarrass 
I should embarrass them, right? If I do anything. Yeah, that would be good. Let it rip. Turn into a roast. Yep. Well, we, well, we can't get into details. Maybe we can get into details after it. But I will say that uh, Lee and I placed a very high high wager bet, and uh, he was on the losing end of it. Um, we can talk that story another get time. A tattoo the high life girl on his ass cheek. What's that? <laughs> what was the bet? What was the bet? It wasn't like. What was it? I'm assuming it had to do with hunting. I hope. I mean, long story short, it was like it was for a lot. I can't get into the details because it would just, I think, incriminate both of us. Ownership of Spartan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but essentially, it was. I think what was it? Seventy yards or seventy-five yards, Lee? That you had to hit the target like a silver dollar-sized target. Ooh. And I think he missed by about about an eighth of an inch. <laughs> Like I thought for the whole time as we were walking up to the target that I had just lost a massive amount of money. Um, <laughs> what was he shooting? What were you shooting, Lee? I was just shooting my my bow. My bow. Nice. Right. We were shooting at seventy yards, uh, and yeah, I mean it was like I don't know the size of a quarter that I was trying to hit. Um, and like here's the, here's the thing about Bill, I was joking. I said. <laughs> He had to like hit the target. I forgot what his bet was. Hit the target or something. I was like, "Ha ha, yeah, you hit it. I'll bet you. I'll give you my truck." Well, I'm joking, right? But Bill's like, <laughs> Bill's very not. a man of his exact words, and so he's like, "All right, done deal." So like, it was a at some point like my truck was on the line. Somewhere it got serious, and you didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm I will not joking. speak a word unless I mean it. So <laughs> I was 100%, but here's how, what I, so what I won out of the bet. Well, no, I won't even, I shouldn't even say that either. Cause I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna get us in all kinds of trouble tonight. It wasn't a lot. Did, did Lee talk, did Lee talk about who he was out big wigging for dinner with tonight? He, well, not publicly, but no, but he did I'm, mention, I'm he did mention of, of who he was in company of. Yeah. That's probably another podcast altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So anyway, Great man. Glad to have him on the pro staff. Super happy to have him. And I'm trying to think about a question that I would ask him. Did you see sh- everything I'm oriented towards asking him? I would embarrass. I want to embarrass him just because Lee is one of those people. Here's the problem with, I'll tell you the, the problem, problem with Lee. You want to hear the problem with Lee? The problem. The Not problem. a problem, but the problem. The problem with Lee. Here's the problem with Lee. Is Lee listening? Is he got a big shit eating grin on his face right now? He's waiting for you to unload. Yeah, <laughs> he's laughing. Larry, baby, yeah, I mean, on. I'm calling. I'm calling in right now, so I can't see y'all. I think my son is watching on his phone, but I can't see y'all. Um, here's the problem with Lee. He's you know devilish, devilishly handsome. The women follow him everywhere. Sandwich compliment. He's Everyone, everybody. Like when I was with him, we were we went to ATA together. We had to stop every five minutes because everybody who asked him for a photo, he'd give them one, right? We go out for dinner. We go out for dinner, whether it's in Atlanta or Nashville or Louisville or wherever in the hell we are. He'll get stopped 15 times by hunters who will totally abandon their wives or whoever they're out with. <laughs> and just focus on him. I like touching his sick back, crush. Just focus on him, and he's totally grateful, and he'll sit there and he'll talk to somebody for like 10 minutes to where I'm looking at my phone. So Lee's got all of these things going for him, but then he doesn't even have the good courtesy to be like a son of a bitch because he's still a nice guy behind closed doors. So that's what really makes me hate him is that he's seemingly good in every capacity. And what I want him to do 
is, you know, we get behind closed doors. He's like, man, am I sick of these people? Blah, 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 blah. Or, I don't want to do this. Or I don't want to do that. Or Bill, I wish you'd go away. No, he's the same guy behind closed door. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm not the same guy behind closed doors. So, <laughs> But I know um, you're, you're an introvert and, and you're like, the fuck am I doing here, man? This is just <laughs> stupid. Yes, I'm very much an introvert. But that's what really makes me upset about people like Lee is because he has all of these natural gifts and talents from the Lord. And at least he, you'd think he'd have the good graces to be a son of a bitch behind the scenes. Because that would make me at least be like, all right, we have something in common here. But can he, but no, write, he's a line? Can he write all like, things. Can you write like one line of code maybe? Can you teach him to like write a line of code? No way. No, he doesn't have to, see, because he has people see? like me around him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to. You sound like you're from the 50s. See? See? <laughs> uh, well, that was like, so that's that the was problem like a backhanded compliment. I feel like those are all really good things. That yeah. was a compliment. That was not a roast. That was like, that was like better in you. Come on. I think if you think about it deeply enough, it is a roast still. Yeah, but it's like the roast when you walk into Cabela's and it smells like roasted nuts, and you're like, I'm just happy to be here. What is that glorious scent? And it's Lee, because he just got roasted, and it's pleasant. Yeah, First of all, yeah, I roasted, yeah. It smells his like must, shit. His man must is great, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heaven forbid any of us get roasted. Stupid. Roasted like man a... must. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, I, I really, I mean, and on top of that, you know, I won't bring anyone on the pro staff. He's not great anyway. Um, I, I, I still say, you know, I put our pro staff against any pro staff in the business. And I mean, Lee's got more big deer on the ground than freaking, you know. Not the Andy, Andy May. Like well, that, not only big deer, but then, you know, tons of doe. Do you like, ever... I think, what do we do, Lee, in two days, like nine doe or something? We killed 12. It's awesome. Bill can't do, Bill can't do numbers. Numbers are hard. You yeah. can't do numbers. numbers are difficult. I've seen you do math. It's not I pretty. can't do words either. What am I doing? The here? only kind of math I can do is when there's no numbers on the page. <laughs> <laughs> Imaginary numbers are bullshit, by the way. That's what turned me off to fucking math is imaginary numbers. Like, I'm out. I'm out. We're bad with numbers, but luckily we're also bad with deer. So we're not the animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, you see. But yeah, so I, I mean, that, that, I appreciate you guys having me on. I can't stay much longer because I bring my son out for dinner here. Hey. Do but you, um, do, you, do you do hang out with your family and thanks for for uh, uh, entertaining us here and jumping on. We yeah, we thanks, joke, Bill. yeah, we and talk shit about you. So here we are. I'll be coming through in the springtime. So when I get back on there, I'll tell more you know we'll stories you, out of school about Lee. Sweet, we'll get you drunk. And the whole we'll operation, get you drunk again with the drop time spirits. You didn't want to tell the story That's about Josh in the bar. What's that now? You didn't want to tell the story about Josh in the bar. Uh, I'm going to save that for the next podcast. <laughs> that was That's like another 11 minutes. Long story short, Lee and I almost about had a heart attack watching Josh from the Untamed try to keep his composure while we were throwing ice cubes at him. <laughs> but He's a big gotta, guy. We've got to tell it. We've got to tell it. He's like an actual bear. The whole thing. We'll do it next time. Yeah. The story and Josh is, is another good, good guy. These people are sickening. Yeah. <laughs> it's that southern charm Bill just wants to burn the world Southern, Just a southern sweetie I just talked to him this morning on the phone And I'm like This guy's retarded This is stupid Excuse me I'm not supposed to say <laughs> that word nice This guy is yeah, there you said Too good proud. for his own graces But anyway I'm going to get myself off the phone here Before I say something we all regret This is why <laughs> See you Bill Have Thanks, a good Bill. night Have Enjoy your dinner, dinner. <laughs> You guys have a good night Thanks you for uh, taking the call And we'll talk to you soon See Sounds you. great yeah. See ya I, I dropped the call just in case he was going to say something else damning to everybody. <laughs> I couldn't beat him out. I love time. his honesty. I really do. He's a good guy, too. He, he yeah. Got he, some very nice compliments there, Lee. Yep. 
That was not the roast I was expecting. That was more like a baked cake. That was more like, uh, let's put the cake in the oven and let's just make it beautiful. I thought for sure there was going to be a dagger at the end. Smells pretty sweet. Yeah, the dagger was a sweet fork going in to eat it up. (laughs) Dude, thanks for being uh, on the show tonight. Any, uh, I mean, I don't know. We covered quite a few bases. We covered, you know, knocking on doors. We talked about, you know, adjacent properties and lateral moves and weird ladies showing too much cleavage <laughs> and uh, deer dining pools, which wasn't you. That was demonic Taylor. Demonic trail camera pictures. Demonic, yeah, tra- yeah, we demonic trail camera pictures. I can't. I can't. I have no way to look at it. I promise you well, I will share it. I need, to, I need you to look at it as soon as, you, as soon as you can. As soon as we're off of this stuff, if you want to hang out with us for a minute, I'll look at it and we'll chat about your creepy-ass picture. <laughs> uh, but no, I think we covered a lot of ground. Where do you want to point people to? Do you want to point them to, to Seek One? Do you want to point them to the nonprofit? Do you want to point them to the uh, master class or all of the above? Can you share where people should be going here? Uh, I mean, probably just our, our Instagram. I mean, that's, that's just kind of where we put most of our information out. That's just um, seek one, but with the number one, not the word one. Yes, the number one, not the why, word one. By the way, why the name seek one? What was that? What is that? So there's a double meaning there. Um, my faith is, is important to me. And so it's like seek one God. Um, but we also really enjoyed like the storytelling of like seeking one deer, like the story of a particular deer. And I, I mean, we that's a whole different road we can go down. But at the time when we got into it, I think the hunting industry got to a place where, where if you were watching hunting, it was just kill, 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 like next kill, the next kill, the next kill. And it kind of lost like the emotion and the effort and all that stuff that went into it. And I mean, all those hunting shows are great. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't what we were experiencing. What I think a lot of people experience when they've got a, you know, a spot or place they hunt and there's that one buck that's eluded them for so many years. Mm-hmm. We love telling that one story about like that particular deer and the time and the man, the the effort and the emotion that kind of goes into that. So it was, um, that's kind of the, the double meaning with Sequan right there, which, so, which is how we came up with well, it. But. You, you said a beautiful prayer in Pennsylvania and enough so that I mentioned my wife, like some people just want to say good prayers. Mine are like very Catholic, like, or they're just no really... such thing as a bad prayer. Well, that's probably true. That see, fuck you. See, Bill's right. <laughs> <laughs> that slipped out. That there slipped is. Out. It's called a curse. <laughs> no, but it was really eloquent. I was like, wow, who is this guy? Like, this is a really great prayer. You know, if I said the prayer, people like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, does God even love him? You know, <laughs> that was a fun trip. I'm I'm really looking forward to that deal next year. Yeah, I remember uh, I was like, hey, Bill, I'm on my way. Like, where do I go? And, like, I get no response. I'm like, is this even happening? Like, what's going on? It's because there's no cell reception at Johnny's cabin. And then, but he had sent me coordinates, not an address. I don't even think there is an address. I was like, of course, Bill sends me coordinates. And, you know, obviously I arrived at the right place because it was coordinates. It was very accurate. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, are y'all trying to wrap it up? Yeah, we can bring the plan for landing. We're, we're good. But you got any final thoughts here? I have, well, I had one question that I've, I've kind of been asking a bunch of people. Um, it might, might be a five minute question. It might be a 10 minutes qu- question, but it's a question for y'all. Um, do we have time for that? Do you want to wrap yeah, it up? We we can got, also, no, let's yeah. hear it. Go for it, bro. I can also call you offline and ask, ask it too. So Go for, we're, we're live. We're Let's just roll. All right. So I'm, I've asked a lot of people this, 
Um, and it's a current current kind of like situation I'm in. And I'm just trying to seek wisdom on it because I don't want to do anything that is like um, damaging or just not worth it um, as far as like image or just like for hunting's sake kind of thing. So hypothetically, say there was a deer that you were aware of that is like a, a pretty well-known deer on social media and you had a spot that you could legally hunt it where the deer was coming through, but you kind of know ahead of time, if you kill that deer, it's probably going to cause a shitstorm of just people like, you know, mixed opinions, I guess. Um, because the deer is so big and so recognizable, mm -hmm. uh, you hunt that deer or, and, and just kind of deal with some of the hate or backlash that would potentially come from it because it is a photogenic deer um or do you just avoid that situation altogether like if not if it's not you it's going to be someone so then i would ask yourself if it's not me who is it going to be and what are they going to do am i worthy of this or is someone else worthy of it here someone yeah, else isn't going to think twice about it so there's that level of human that doesn't give a shit like Greg ate the last piece of pizza, which is probably good because I probably would have really puked then. But. but I was I was nice enough to ask. I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah. are you sure you don't want that? I asked twice. So Greg is nice enough to ask. You're you nice wanted me to be to the ask. fat kid. And that's fine. I did. I can wear that hat. It's all good. So I would answer your question with another question, but Derek, he's got that look on his face like he's gonna say something. Well, I think it's tough with you know your platform that you're working off of and you're you know a well-known recognized hunter and i think that you know gets into your mind but really i think you just gotta take everybody out and say like if it was just me and the deer like would this make me happy is this what i want you know what i mean yeah and if the answer is yes then you almost have to be true to yourself but the platform part just you know makes that such a convoluted situation that's like joe rogan right <laughs> he's He's got some weird responsibility now as yeah. a really big personality. And, you know, should he have that conversation or should someone else have the conversation? If he does, he's going to get more scrutiny because of the platform that he's on. So you really are up against a different wall. Most people aren't going to have the the factors that you have to weigh into it. They, they don't have to care. They'll be like the lucky guy that got the big buck and you're going to be like the guy yeah. that gets scrutinized. Yeah, and, and that's kind of why, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to always seek wisdom from other people because like, unfortunately, paying attention to our platform and like the public eyes, it, I just like, I, it's a part of my hunting now. Why do you bring that 14 year old kid with you to do it? Say you what? Know, bring that 14 year old <laughs> that won the limo, bring him to do it. Dude, this deer's like <laughs> top five typical archery bucks of all time, potentially. Uh, is is kind of the caliber deer he potentially is now that th that's like i may go get spots and hunt this deer and never kill this deer easily that could easily happen mm -hmm. but in the case i did i'm just kind of like you can't not if the opportunity presents itself if if you have the legit opportunity you can get a full draw on this deer and you can pull a shot off you kind of have to take the shot yeah i i agree with what you said that like if it's if you take away the the platform aspect of it and, it. and if it's just you and the deer, but also considering the platform, if anybody, you know, is going to be 
if they're going to be okay with somebody doing it, you've made a name for yourself doing this and like killing these wonderful, giant, huge bucks. You're seeking in these one urban deer. Situations. Like, I think where people have negative reactions is like, I don't mean to like say names and, you know, muddy the water, but. Uh, Spook Span has kind of had a name of like paying money or getting access to kill these big deer. And it seems like that kind of irks some people and they're not happy about it. But if you're doing it in a way that's, you know, ethical, responsible, this is what you do. You get permission, you hunt these world-class deer. This is what you do, man. It's going to make you happy. Like if you're going to be able to kill that deer potentially in a way that you see is, you know, a good way. Yep. You got to make, you got to do it. Yeah, you're playing by all the rules. You're knocking on the doors. You're getting the permission. You're, uh, you know, you have a tag for it. It's not like you're doing anything illegal. And you look at all the big bucks that get harvested by, you know, we'll say onset hunters. They get all sorts of threats. And this is the one monster buck that they've ever shot. And they're getting threats from PETA and all sorts of organizations. And it's going to happen. Yeah, and you're just going to move on. I mean, you had to deal with bullies in in high school and in you know throughout your life. You'll get past it when you have as many followers as you have. You could say, "Have a great day, happy Monday," and someone's going to piss in your cheerios about it. Yeah, there's nothing you can't do that's going to piss someone off. What are you going to do? Do what makes you. We'll say this. We'll say never pass on shooting what makes you happy, dude. Yeah, if it that's makes our you that's happy, our motto. If, if you're happy with how the hunt's going to be, and then do it. It's an opportunity yeah. of a lifetime. Take advantage of it. I agree with you guys 100 percent with what you just said. And just just admittedly, like I'm human, I don't have it all figured out. It None may of us do. I don't have it figured out, but I do like asking other people those kind of questions and getting that kind of feedback just to make sure that like I'm still on the right track. That's that's wise. So, I would encourage you to read the book Ego is the Enemy on top of it, which I've recommended to like 100 fucking people. I read it four times last year. I'll probably read it four more times this year um, by Ryan Holiday. That book will help steer you a little bit too. But hear me when I say, <laughs> if I kill this deer, it, it, it's, it's going to, yeah. It's going to break gonna the be, internet. <laughs> maybe. It probably will. We'll be rooting for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> if that's what you choose, you can go you know, back to this audio clip and be like, "Look, okay, as Hunter said, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> they <laughs> said never pass. <laughs> it's the okay, Hunter approved. Yep. So clear. If it's a if it's a if it's a if it's a toothpick buck or or two hundred forty inch deer, I don't give a shit, man. If that's what <laughs> got you pissed out, you shoot it. Yep. yep. And I tell you yeah. what, there ain't there ain't no hunter on this fucking planet that ain't shooting that deer if they have the opportunity. I, that is my probably biggest point. Is like. Tell me one guy that has permission to hunt a deer like that, has the opportunity to do it, and it's going to be like, no, nah, I'm passing on it. Nope, sorry. You're not, no, the only Something reason I'm going to pass you. on it is because they get the shakes too bad and they can't draw back. And, <laughs> and I mean, people are going to assume, you know, oh, you know, if it's a well-known deer, it, everybody gets that idea. Oh, my God, it's just a local pet, you know. But like Chris said when he called in, the deer that live there, and you said it, man, they're different. They understand the game, and when people are where they're not supposed to be, 
That buck is not stupid. That buck has been hunted, he too, by the way. He might eat flowers he's, he's in the hunted. yard, like, but they're not, they, he keeps he's not distance. trying to die. Yeah, you're not yeah. shooting one out of your fucking window, die. like, which no. is a thing you can do, by the way. That is actually, you could shoot a deer out of your freaking living room if you had the window open. It's a law in this state. There's a legislator that was passed that if you shoot a deer from your own freaking living room, it is legal to do. If a fucking 200-inch deer walks into my front yard, I could go shoot that thing <laughs> legally. <laughs> You know, is it ethical? Uh, probably, you know, it's going to be a great shot. I'm going to be very comfortable on my couch. Can't kill from the couch my ass. I bet you I can. You know, the vacant golf course across the street, I could take a 50-yard shot, no problem. I swear we're not trying to take away the credibility of this. Uh, no, no. <laughs> we're not trying to. We're, we're not trying to water it down here. We're just giving you, you some other perspectives. You are just are, looking to three idiots. feet up a tree. <laughs> You ever seen any couches in the tree down there in Georgia? <laughs> no, no that, but that'd be awesome. Hey, that's exciting that you have that opportunity, man. We, yeah, we hope man. you the best of luck on that. Great question. Yeah, dude. we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, that, that's to me like that's the next challenge is I, I want to find one of those just like standout deer. And this is a state I've never hunted before. Um, you know, so we'll see. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that can happen. So. Um, yeah, once the arrow leaves the string, it's anybody's game, you know. Right, but I would I would I would agree with you guys 100 percent on what you said. I also agree that that deer is most definitely being hunted from somebody for mm-hmm. sure, and it has been already. It's been hunted. It's it doesn't get that big for you know by being stupid. Yeah, I mean it's bigger than the deer on your wall. It would have been dead by now anyways, right? If someone had a good shot at it. So. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Hey Lee, I had one last quick question here. Uh, we've yeah. been talking a lot about sheds lately, shed season kind of starting up on the smaller properties. Like where you're getting permission, are you able, like, do you have pretty good success with finding target bucks or is it difficult? Cause you're like, shit, I just walked this far and property line, property line. How does that go for you? Give me one second. Someone, can y'all hear that? Ping? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can hear it loud and clear. Someone probably heard you ask that question. Like, don't you shoot that deer? <laughs> don't no, I'm trying to buck. You don't got a Hold wife, on right? Second. Because if it were us, it'd be our wives. That's why my ringers are. <laughs> Look at that. All right. I had a group text that was going crazy, so I just told them to stop. So we should be good for now. Um, sorry. What was the question? Uh, shed hunting on the smaller properties that you're on. Like, you know, when you're after a target buck, are you are you able to get enough properties string together where you can really make a dent and find some? Or is it just frustrating running into property lines knowing you can't cross them? Man, shed hunting here is really tough. I can't imagine. Really, really tough. Um, and I love, dude, I love finding a, a shed antler almost as much as I do killing a deer. Same here. <laughs> I mean, I I absolutely love it. And it's really tough because, yeah, you're just super limited on space. And that's, that's when I start racking up crazy door knocking numbers is because I'm knocking on so many doors to, to meander about and kind of get as much territory as I can to roam. Um, I have gotten lucky over the years and found some, uh, some really good shed antlers. Um, one of the things that's difficult for us too, is like at night, especially in the winter months here. So like February, um, these deer will at night will funnel into neighborhoods and start eating people's landscaping. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big part of their forage that time of year. Yeah. Cedars are big here. And so they'll drop shed antlers sometimes in people's yards and someone will you know walk out and be like oh look at this thing i'll just pick it up and put it inside 
And you yeah. sit there looking for months for something that's already gone. So it's on their coffee. Do you table. typically do you typically wait later in the in the spring? You know, to like so you're not bumping them out of the small properties. I, I so typically like I use this time of year to take inventory. Um, so I'll feed um, just trying to figure out, Hey, what, what made it through the year? What's still around. And then I'll, I'll try and keep deer close to a certain area. Um, and I'll, I'll watch my camera. So, so if I'm seeing a deer, like somewhat consistent, I almost threw up there too. So I'm in the club now, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's when you're seeing a deer somewhat consistent and it's like, Oh, he was there last night. He had both sides and you know, he came back today and he's, he's dropped both sides. Like you kind of know he's, yep. he's probably pretty, he dropped probably pretty close. Nice. Um, in those areas, but I learned so much about these deer, um, and their habitats from shed hunting. Cause I'll jump deer, you know, I'll, I'll just be able to see a lot of ground. I'm not normally able to see. And, and sometimes it's like, it helps you stumble into that deer's bedroom. And that's, that is a game changer of killing, killing a deer. Absolutely. It's cool. Good shit. But, we'll have to have you back on. I'm sure we could dive deep in all sorts of things. Honestly, yeah. and, and the question that came through, people that were commenting, thank you, uh, Chris, that called in, thank you. You know, it's off season, so I got to imagine we're just not seeing the normal engagement we'd see if it was September, October, November. I mean, mm -hmm. that time of year, it's like Jesus. Um, we'll so do it. We'll do it again, and I'll post on mine. I was, I was just kind of worried, like I didn't know how the whole calling in thing went on, so I didn't know, like, uh, not that I might have gotten a couple people that would call in, but like I just didn't. I didn't want to bog it down or, uh, Oh yeah. We, really yeah no we got a lot of bandwidth no buddy. So we could, we could do it again and we could crank it way up. I think, <laughs> I mean, we could take quite a few, but, um, okay. Yeah, that'd anyway. be fun. No, it's good stuff. Uh, I'll end the live broadcast. This will be in podcast land tonight. So I'll be busy working when everyone else is driving home and do whatever they're doing. And, uh, thanks guys from gals for tuning into the live, the live feed. See ya. Have a good one.